don't want facts. You don't want to hear another side. Rather sit back and be mad. You don't want to humanize anybody with a different view. Let it be a given any kind of past. You don't want this. You don't want that. You don't want to be cool. Try to bridge gaps. Life is a whole lot. Welcome to the podcast. We've got Luther Perkins here. Luther has been a mentor slash coach slash he's somebody that I've looked up to for now the past like four years. He has literally changed my life. And I'm so excited to have this time to talk with him, get to know him a little bit more, and and have him share share some stuff with share us. Share shit. Share shit. <laughs> Let me ask you a couple of questions, Alex. Okay. Um, you know, my background is in coaching. I started coaching in 2007, doing business coaching. At the time, I was with a private equity firm. We were traveling. I was traveling a lot and got burned out and decided, hey, I'm going to go into something that was new. In 2007, there weren't very many coaches. I mean, it's been a phenomenon that's really jumped on the scene since then. I was coming back on an airplane with an investment banker from New York City. He was 34 at the time. You know, on, on Wall Street, when they hit that level of partner, they have to make some choices. If you don't hit it, you just leave because you're not going to make it on Wall Street. And he actually made it and decided that, you know, it's not something he wanted to do. His, his family was in Cleveland. He was commuting back and forth. And so he started talking to me about this concept of business coaching. And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, it was amazing. He and I collaborated for years and with content and other stuff and uh, became very good friends. He's very successful. He has a business radio show back there now. And it's just been a phenomenal ride. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see the coaching world. I mean, the peripheral business now feeding that. And that kind of brings us, you know, why we're here today with you, Alec. When we met, I knew right away you should be a coach. You were born and raised to be a coach. I appreciate that. There's no question about that. Not only with your own experiences in life athletically, What's your mindset? Tell us about that. I mean, what what's the mindset? Why? What created that in you? Not everybody. Not everybody can coach. To be honest with you, not everybody should coach. A lot of people who think they can should get out of the business because they can't. I agree. But you can. You got that energy and that momentum. But more importantly, you know, I see how you succeed. Right. Yeah. So, what do you attribute that to? Life. Hmm, that's a pretty simple answer. I mean, it really comes down to that. I really think that for me, if it wasn't for people in my life that helped propel me to where I am today my proximity around the people that pushed me, saw value in me that I couldn't see. Mm. That for me as a coach, that for me as a leader. And if it wasn't for those people, I wouldn't be here. And so I look at it where if I can go and impact just one person, I've fulfilled something that generations Mm -hmm. could have. I mean, if it wasn't for people that walked me through and said, hey, you have value, you can do this, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Right. And that would have affected my kids. That would have affected their kids. That would have affected my siblings. I mean, the effect that it has with decisions that we make, it impacts generations. And so you that's what coaching is for me is to impact, to to help somebody see the value. Yeah, they don't they, they may not see their value right now, but you can see it. It's helping them see it for themselves and loving themselves and knowing that, that anything is possible. That's what coaching good, is. Good and bad, right? Good and bad. Good and bad. So if we think only good is possible, bad's going to come along that possibility, right? Absolutely. But it doesn't matter. It's how you perceive and dance with that good and bad. That's right. I, I call it the dance. You got to dance with your challenges. You got to dance with what happens in life. Most people don't know how. You know, you and I were chatting the other day about uh, fear and, you know, trying to, trying to eliminate or avoid fear. You taught me a great principle. I think you should go into that a little bit about how you deal with the fear. I mean, obviously, you're, you're, we're talking about seeking growth and uh, coaching and stuff. 
But all of us deal, deal with fear to some degree, whether Absolutely. it's starting the coaching business or engaging our first client or, you know, just the fear of whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people try to avoid it. You know, I'm going to avoid fear. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, behave myself out of this a little bit because it's painful or whatever, and it's it holds us back. But your approach to fear is different. Tell yeah. me about that. And that actually just changed a few years ago. For me, I was one of those same people when when I started getting fearful of something, when I started getting uncomfortable, I would conform to the status quo and what other people told me. Oh, don't do that because that's not where you're supposed to go, and it, it, it impacts that fear. You get fear from so many things. So instead of running from fear, I embrace fear. Mm-hmm. I dance with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tony Robbins says that all the time. Dance with your fears. And for me, it's something where when you acknowledge that fear going, you know what, that's there. But what is fear? It's false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's something you make up in your head. Like mm-hmm. it is, a, it is a, a trait that... We aren't born with fear. Where does that fear start? They say you know the only thing saying? that we're born, the only fear we're born with is fear of falling. Yeah. But right? because, you know, but that's it. I mean, we're not born. You got, you've got the, the reticular activating system in the mind. Yeah. Uh, you're familiar with the whole reticular activating system and how, you know, we will have 10,000 messages a day that come into our mind and 99% of them are negative. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that negativity is what leads to the fear. Well, what, what if I do this? Well, what happens if I do that? Or, and so you're saying just turn around, face it, invite it in. Yeah, embrace it. it a little bit. I saw Michael Tyson uh, make a comment. He, they asked him, were you ever afraid going in the ring? And he's like, of course I was. But that's the beauty, and that's what drives you is being able to manage the fear with performance and with preparation. Yeah. And coming out on top of that will make you a better person than if you never had fear. And you just went in and, and boxed. And so yeah. he said, bringing that all together culminated into, you know, making him stronger. That's, I mean, Michael Tyson. Yeah. Mike Tyson. That's that's a big thing. Well, you talk to, I guarantee you, you talk to anybody that's ever uber-duper successful in, in sports, in coaching. I don't care what it is. They have fear. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, my biggest fear is is I got a big case of imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to go out and coach other people and and well, they're not going to listen to me and that kind of stuff. And that's something that I've overcome. I'm, I'm overcoming every single day. But it's a fear that I have. Oh, that's very raw, man. And that's very transparent, right there. I mean, but really think about that. Like who? Like I always have that. Well, who am I? I struggled for 38 years of my life. Didn't do jack shit with my life, and I'm now finally getting it together. Like nobody will listen to me, and all that. And, but it wasn't until I started going out there and going, you know what? I'm going to dance with this fear. I'm going to start putting myself out there and just see what happens. And you start resonating with people because stories impact others. And the problem that we have in this society, I think in general, is people are afraid to share their story. Why is it? Because they're the imposter syndrome. They're, they're afraid of what other people will think. And the day I just said, you know what? <laughs> At the end of the day, does it really matter what other people think? Well, that's kind of what I was thinking is like, this is for me is like, First and foremost, I really don't give a fuck what people think anymore. I am going to be who I am. And I guarantee you that they don't care. Once you make that decision in your life and you've done it at 38, you're on it. Yeah. A lot of people wait to get into my age. You know, I'm in the mid-50s. and 
that's when they begin to say, well, I don't just don't give a shit anymore what people think. But when you when you harness that like you're talking, you're in control mm-hmm. of everything that's important. And, you know, don't ever relinquish that. Now, I've known you for a while, and to say only for, th- you know, 38 years, you've had, you've had some successes, lots of success, beautiful children. You've oh, got absolutely. everything, you know, right? But... You're t- what you're talking about is a meaningful impact with relationship to professionally and taking your skill set and potentially doing something that impacts other people's lives. Exactly. What led to that? What led to me wanting to help other people succeed? Yeah, on the coaching side. On the What's coaching that side? burning why for you inside the coaching world? I mean, you, you clearly um, you well, came to it. I mean, it's like you said, you've had to come to it in a way and maybe explain what you did. Because I truly believe that everybody has a higher purpose that they don't know yet. Hmm. Even all of us. There's always a new level. I don't care who you are in life. There's always a new level. And through coaching, you're able to get that hope that there is. You hmm. you get them thinking. We So I, I truly believe, and I did this, and I still do every single day. Like It's, it's something that I work on every day is, you put yourself in this little box that you create thinking, okay, this is all I can do. This is just who I am and all of that. But it's not until you have other people come out and impact you and go, hey, why don't you take a different approach to this? Why don't you think about it this way? So they're seeing something in you you don't see Exactly. Yourself. And through that, I'm a true believer in that 80-20 rule, that 80% of our success in business and in life and everything is mindset. There's 20% of it the skill set. Anybody can learn what to say, how to say, when to say it. Anybody can. Anybody can go to school, learn a skill, learn a trade. You can learn how to sell. It's a learned trait. Mm-hmm. But if your mindset isn't there, if Doesn't you're not thinking, you have, right? if you're not thinking yeah. correctly, yeah. if you're not, right. if you don't have true confidence in yourself that you actually apply it, mm-hmm. you're not going to do anything. That's what coaching is: is helping crack that eighty percent. For me. It's productivity, it's mindset, it's helping people. You know what? So we are in the real estate realm. A lot of the coaching that I do is in the real estate profession in sales. Why do people fail in real estate? Well, number one, they don't have the confidence to go out and speak to people. So if you work on their confidence that you know what you do and can do this, and you're able to take somebody that's doing maybe four to eight transactions a year and double that, loser that's life-changing like it is it's that life-changing is life-changing people, yeah and that for me is where i find the fulfillment for me it's taking that family that person going you know what through coaching we were able to work together i don't do it for him i work together with everybody that i coach and i'm able to help them take their business to the next level and it's not just through i don't care what it is i don't care if you're uh entrepreneur or an entrepreneur mm-hmm. entrepreneur you work for somebody you can still be the best damn entrepreneur there is absolutely and it's all mindset and don't ever give them in that environment everything that you have because then you your mindset stays that you have to have somebody else exactly to help you so that you become interdependent or independent interdependent on them exactly but give it to them give them you know if you're working for somebody but maintain that autonomy to think for yourself and to you know, do some things that are outside the realm. You know, uh, I mean, really think about this. I mean, you look at some of the highest professional athletes that have ever made it to the stage. I mean, take golf. Who's the goat of golf? Uh, Tiger Woods. Okay. Everybody thinks Tiger. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. 
what made him the GOAT? Winning consistently. I mean, and, well, and winning the, winning tournaments that, I mean, he changed golf courses. He changed. He did. The guy, the guy changed things. He changed everything. And then when he got finished, he had like 67, you know, uh, Norwegian women at the end of it. How the <laughs> hell did he stay focused? He Come didn't. Come on now. He didn't. No, but he did because he kept women. He I mean, he kept winning, not women. He women. did keep he, women he too. He kept both. He kept both. But still, think Screwed about up. that. Yeah. If you had that waiting at the end of the Masters, I'd have had 19 bogeys on the first hole. I mean, but, but think about it. Because he kept it all together. You know, it just, it's, he's an amazing guy. It's through composure. It's through. Cut all that shit, by the way. Because Oh, no. I, that stuff's going, man. Like, oh. That's going. I love no, it. I'm just saying. You know, he's just. He, he deals with a lot of stuff. That's why he's got to be the GOAT. You know, he's just. Golf is so different from any other sport. It, it is, is such a mind game, man. It's because you are your own competition. But he didn't get to where he is without coaches behind him. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. I mean, think about that. He's got like, I guarantee he's got like four or five coaches, a health coach, a swing coach, a but mindset coach. coach. Who knows? I guarantee you he's got coaches everywhere. And I truly believe he's mastered the game of golf. Has he not? Oh, absolutely. Mastered. Yeah. But there's always going to be blind spots. And yeah. just because you master something doesn't mean you have arrived. What's the blind spot were you talking about? I mean, when you say a blind spot, his game is almost perfect, but you're saying he's still got blind spots. Absolutely. Because you get so unconscious, you get unconsciously conscious is what they say. Yeah. Unconscious, unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. That you start going just through the motions. Michael Jordan in the playoff game when he was at the Bucks and he scored like whatever and he was hitting those threes and he looks over the table and, he, and he's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm yeah. just in that zone. Exactly. And everything I'm shooting is going in. But what, what happens when he gets off? Yeah. And he doesn't understand, like, why is my shot off? Why is my shot off? Tiger Woods, why can't I swing? That coach is able to say, hey, it's because you're cracking your wrist or you're doing this at the top. Something that he's not aware of, a blind spot. I like that. So cor cor correlate coaching. that to coaching, right. correlate that to business. Right. We all have blind spots. Like in real estate, for example, what's one or two things in your business that you need to adapt because right. the market's shifting right now? A blind spot. Hey, why don't you take this approach? Right. Why don't you just shift that mindset and go this way? Right. One thing I love about like this whole notion is you're a two millimeter shift away from a totally different life. So many people think that it's like, oh, grandiose. Oh, I need it. I want to change my life. I want to better my life. I want to better my career. I want to better this. They think they have to go and change all this stuff at once. But in all reality, if you change 1% every single day, what's going to happen at the end of the year? It's exponential. Ex huge growth. Two millimeter shift. Yeah. I mean, really think about when you're golfing, if you turn that club two Just millimeters. You it starts trajectories like oh man I got it I got it I got it and then it starts fading and you're like yeah. well fuck <laughs> it's going that way I've never seen my my golf game have you oh well you're oh, down in, hey, hey, you're, you're hey, called easy, worm you're easy. called worm golf it's just oh, like, geez, <laughs> <I'm just laughs> no no he's not kidding <laughs> no but, but here's the beautiful thing I can hit a shot and look just like Tiger and then I can hit the next shot. And look like uh, Elmer Fudd and came off of the goofy golf course. That's oh, yeah. the craziest shit I've ever seen. I usually either par or birdie the first hole. And then after that, it's like quadruple bogeys. And it's like, oh, okay, so whatever. you start drinking, though, that is going to help uh, the game. You know? They were done. <laughs> they were done. <laughs> no, so, you know, 
We come back to this coaching. I spend my time coaching in the business world. I have a private equity background and venture background. You're in uh, real estate and you real know, estate and business. I mean, yeah. I, I do coach other people outside of real estate as well. Yeah, right. So but that passion burning passion for you is real estate, isn't it? You've been successful. You're a broker. That's what I know. You've. I mean, you talk about accomplishments. You sell yourself short. You're 38. You're a broker. That's a young for a broker, you know. I'm and 40 now. Are you 40? So I when started you, brokering. When did, you, when did you get your brokerage license? I got it back in 2012, 13, okay, for 13, a while. That's, that's, uh, that's a while back. Right? Oh, yeah. I, mean, so you were, I was in my 30. early early 30s. Yeah, that's an incredible accomplishment. Because most people don't know this, but in order to be a broker, you can't just go take the broker's test. You've got you've to do a lot of things and have a lot underneath you in order to qualify for that broker's yeah. test. So that's a tremendous accomplishment. Well, thank you. It yeah. is. I, and I got my broker's license with no desire to be a manager. I won't lie to you. I had no desire to manage. I had no desire to yeah. to be a broker. I don't consider myself a broker to this day. I hate the word broker. I'm not broke. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you heard that saying where a broker is, oh, you're just broker than all your agents that work uh, for you. You're uh, just broker. I've never heard that. Yet. Yeah, and I just, I ever, ever since I heard that, someone told me that before, I was like, yeah, I'm not a broker. I'm a coach. I'm a mentor. Oh, that's right. I mean, we started. You know what I'm I mean, saying? Oh, with, for you, you were born a coach. Yeah. So, you know, brokers, a lot of, uh, you know, compliance stuff, and that kind of gets old. But at the end of the day, when you have the passion to coach and you're in that situation, you, you know, you're doing, what you're, you're doing what you're born to do, and that's to, to coach and to, to help people. Um, when, you, when you made the decision to, to go into coaching and you're finding the success you are, how important is the support you get from your sweetheart and the kids and people around you? You know what I mean? Because coaching, coaching isn't easy. It's not. You got to bring it every single client. It's not like you're going to half-ass one client and then bring it hard on another. You got to bring it hard for every client. Yep. How do you that support at home? You know, I know you're, I know your sweetheart and the kids a little bit. What what kind of role do they play in your success? Um, one hundred twenty million percent. Like, I, there's no words to describe how much that support means to me. Uh, without that support, I wouldn't be where I am today. Again, who do you surround yourself with? I mean, I think in a relationship, especially this go around being a second relationship, mm-hmm. um, communication is the key. That's something that I fought with a lot. Mm-hmm. And she'll, she, I, I recognize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a true believer you will not be a uber duper successful in your in a career and truly i mean you may become rich everybody deserves to be rich and have a lot of money and and make a lot of money but that's not wealth wealth is having a fulfilled life it's having a relationship with your kids and if you have the opportunity to have a relationship with a partner that's wealth and so, that's what's most important and for me Without that support, I love showing my kids now these past few years that that I've started getting my shit together and going, you know what, coaching, sharing coaching experiences with my kids, sharing Mm -hmm. success with them, going, and I I love it with my little 8-year-old Bax and and my little 12-year-old Maya. You know, they tell me, Daddy's going to work hard so we can play hard. Beautiful. That right there, it just instills in me, hey, I'm on the right track. Be different if they say we're going to play hard, but there's no work. Exactly. So you're teaching that work 
you got to work Results hard. And the benefits. They're all, they call me all the time, and I just text back, "Daddy's Daddy's working hard." So, point, point, point. So we can play hard. Yeah. That's that. That's what when I can't answer the phone when they call me. That's what I'll text them. Daddy's working hard, so we can play, we can play hard. Beautiful. Little stuff like that, and you instill that work ethic in them. It, it goes so long. Again, coach your kids, and so for me, that's what coaching is as well. It's like. I want to be a coach for them. I want to be a mentor to my kids, not only a parent, but they look up to me. You know, uh, one of the things that I've noticed with with good coaches, great coaches actually, is they live what they teach, mm-hmm. right? Be a uh, product of what you preach. Yeah, if you if you choose to be, because there's a lot of guys that may coach that aren't living what they teach, or yep. you know what I'm saying? They they're good at coaching. I can I can sell you shit when I get in here and make it good. But the reality is, unless we're living what we teach, there's a bit of hypocrisy. In yep. That. And one of the things that I've seen in you in the last four or five years is watching that alignment with your kids and, and Keisha, where you're bringing it together in a way where you live your truth every day. It's yeah. that the manifestation of that as your friend is huge because I see the confidence that that relationship and those kids have had in you, and that has motivated you. You've always been a great person, but to live that truth of coaching, you know, if you're telling somebody you got to make 10 phone calls a day or whatever it might be, you know, we run businesses. Yep. I mean, I, I, I qualify people in my coaching business all the time. I got to speak to 10, 20, 30 people a day, right? It doesn't matter. But, <clears throat> under, you know, having, having support there is important, but living the truth of coaching. How do you approach that? Like like I said before, you you have to be a product of what you preach, and I think it's above more than that too. Is you got to be genuine. Mm-hmm. I'm genuine with with the people I coach and with the people I speak to and, and talk. Mm-hmm. I love coaching because it it shows me the faults that I have that I need to work on too. That's one of the other reasons why I love it. Is but what because if you, what if you identify those but don't work on them? Then you're a hypocrite. Right. And you live I, in self deception and, and, and you can't. And yeah, yeah. and I live by a philosophy where you got to be selfish before you become selfless. Mm-hmm. Taking care of you. You got to take care of you first. If you don't truly, fully love and have confidence in you, how can you portray that to others? How can you fully lead others if you can't lead yourself? And you that can't, you can't, you can't. Oh, that's great. But, and that's, that's one thing. Point, yeah. That's one thing that a lot of people do nowadays. They think that they can go just post a meme on Instagram and they're, they're a fucking influencer and all that kind of stuff. I, I hate that. Like, that's another reason why I, it took me a long time to, to start posting stuff and to hire out. Like I had to hire it out just because I am such a, like, it's just, it bugs me. But for me, it's like, you know what? I can truly say that I do every single day do my darndest to practice what I preach. I write in my journal every morning. I, you know, do I do I hit it every single day? No, but that's the difference. What if no one reads that shit? I don't care. There you go. Huh? I don't care. Right. Because the one person that does read it, if it impacts them, I've done my job. And that's what it's all Absolutely. care. It's and, not and who's it going to really matter for the most? That my, little journal entry every morning. It's for me. Uh-huh. It's it because I need to be selfish. Selfish. Mm-hmm. I have to work on myself first. My morning routine and what I do in the morning is me. 
It's me time. I wake up before everybody else because it's me time. I do my thing because it's me time. Because I know I need to get this fucked up brain not so fucked up every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we all live in survival mode. We all, I mean, that is the nature of our human brain. So, so what you're saying, you're living what you're coaching. I do. You're up, you exercise early, you eat right, you've got... I mean, for the most part, like I said, am I perfect? Clean. But none of us are, right? Exactly. Right, none of us are. You know, but, but, I'm, I'm, I'm more chubby right now than I've been in a very long time, and trust me, my kids and and my family, they're, they're, they're letting me know, and I need to step up my game. They're like, okay. So that's why the two, two your two sons on the boat challenge is, because they're looking at you going, we take his ass now. Oh, yeah. We got his oh, ass yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Did, did it happen? It. No. <laughs> <laughs> I might have tweaked my back doing it, but yeah, I yeah. still won. But you had to. Man. <laughs> you have to. You have to bring that big boy strength and the boys try to challenge you. you know? Exactly. Exactly. I don't think I did that one time that I didn't get hurt. Yeah. But they damn sure didn't know I was hurt. Oh, they did me because oh, I was like rolling. All, I was like, "Oh man, oh, my God, back. that's kind of that's kind of embarrassing." To <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Okay, all right. At least you're owning it. Again, at least you're owning be it. genuine. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Be genuine. You know, what you you're do, an man. honest guy. I think at the core, I mean, you've got a lot of values. I appreciate it, but you are an honest guy, and I think good brokers in real estate. I think good coaches. They have to be honest. Yes, and honest with yourself. Yes. You know, that's what you've talked about all day is your own accountability, finding out where you were, wasn't where you wanted to be, and you're going to make the changes that you need to. And a lot of people give lip service to that. Oh, yeah. And they start. How many times can you start over? Daily, if you need to. Absolutely. Hourly. Yeah. I Starting over, I mean, what, what, what are you really starting over? You're not starting over. You're progressing. It's not a start over. It's a progression if you exactly. choose for it to be a progression. If you start over, you quit. It's not a start over. I progress. I learn from my past. I focus on the future of what I want, but I live today in the present because, and that's the progression that you have. That's interesting. I was listening to Jordan Peterson. Uh, I listened to him a little bit here and there. I really like him because he's smarter than shit. But uh, he said our past only serves one purpose, and that is to create a memory of what we need to do to not repeat the same things and take the memory and move forward. But yet so often times we focus on the single things we did the worst and we fixate on it, and that's what we remember, and that creates pain. We bring that pain and trauma back into the body, and now we got to deal with it. And his point is, just look back and say, hey, it created a memory. Yeah, I remember that. But what did I learn from that? Because the memory's designed to give us information to move us forward better. Yep. I really like that because then I'm not sitting there going, oh, God, I just did, did I let somebody know. You know what? It's just a memory. I'm going to do better. I, I didn't do this too good. I made a mistake on this. We all do it. No, we do. I lived 10 years of my life in my past. I would should on myself so much going, I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have made this decision. I should have done that. And through that, I was depressed. I was an addict. I, 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 it was, it was a lot of things that I was. And when you live in the past, you're depressed and it robs the future and it, it robs the future. However, you got to be careful with this because if you live in the future, you get anxiety. Where does anxiety come from? Why do people are, are so anxiety? Because they're, they're thinking about what they have to do and they get so overworked that they're, they're focusing on something that's kind of out of their control. I mean, if they would actually just live in the present, 
they can control the future. They can control the choices that they make. But it's when you're living in the future, you get anxiety because you're not in control of that living, trying to live it right now. Have a vision, know where you want to go, but per- progress in the process of the present. That's where you need to stay. And so many people, for me, that was a big aha moment. Like, what, what, how do you how do you uh, how do you deal with those guys out there that say, if you want anything, you got to live like it is has already happened. You can, and that's what I, I I truly believe that. Like you were talking about the reticular activating system, thoughts become things. I'm a true I'm a true believer in that. So we become what we think. We do, and so I mean the the great book Think and Grow Rich. I mean, isn't that what it all talks about? Thoughts become things. Your reticular activate if you truly work, and you utilize the energy around you. You can you can. You are destined to do whatever you want in life if you focus on what you want to do. It's so many people can't focus on, okay, I want this. I want this. And I'm going to do everything I can today to get to that place. Yeah, It's, it's having that vision, but trusting the process of today. Don't focus on the result. Focus on the process, and the result will come. Nice. I heard it said once... Uh, Rob Speary, he's a, a gentleman up in Salt Lake. He's a speaker, but he he has a little. He's a honestly look him up. He's a great guy. Um, he said you got to marry the process and date your results. And I love that. And, and not marry and, the results because you may need to change that result. Exactly. Right? Well, and I look at it like this too. It's like man, I don't know that resonated when he told that to us in a little mastermind. I was like, man, that's so true. Because if you are truly married to your results, you have a great relationship with them. When you have a great relationship, things are going in motion. You're, you're working together. You're growing. And those dates are so much more impactful and so much more special. Yeah. I mean, really think about it. Absolutely. Apply it to a, a relationship. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Your relationship. When you're on point in your relationship, when you're working on it every single day, when you're, when you're present, when you're present in your relationship, how much better off in, in that relationship are you? Yeah. And how much and how much more meaningful are those dates that you go on? It's not just a date. It's not just going through the motion because they say you have to date your wife. Date your wife. They're meaningful. So when you marry those that that process, marry that process, and you date those results, those results become so much more meaningful. And they happen because it's routine. It's routine. And that hit home with me. And that's, I think, what... So that, in essence, what you've accomplished. You know, now you're, you're saying you're coming to your own. In essence, that's what you're doing, right? Is you're, you're recognizing this. Absolutely. Now, now implementing it. Yes. So you're living, you're living what you're teaching again. That hypocrisy, whether it's in coaching or not, I mean, hypocrisy slips in, and it's a killer. It's a killer. It, it, it lies to us. Uh, it deceives us. Yep. Um, there's a great book, Leadership and Self-Deception by the Arbinger Group, and they talk about uh, being in the box and out of the box. But, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. And uh, self-deception, we had, we, had to spend, we had to spend one of these on self-deception, just the concept of self-deception. You know the destructive elements of self-deception? Are, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you can get in your mind and deceive yourself any way you want. I mean, it, it's some crazy shit. And, they, and they've done a great job, and I've used it with my coaching, with my executive teams and stuff. But um, 
you know, we should do that sometime. Self-deception. Self-deception would be a good, good uh, thing because hypocrisy, self-deception, those are the things that generally hold most people back. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. I can't do this because or, you know, the self-deception. And a lot of type people don't take accountability. Well, I think it's that, again, it goes Go back on. to the confidence. It goes back to the confidence that you have in yourself. That's why they say, oh, I can't do that. Oh, that's not for me. Oh, this is just how I was raised. Oh, this is just who I am. Because they're more comfortable in the status quo of what other people, because really think about it. The time that you sell, well, that's just that's just not for me. It's because other people are making decisions on your behalf. Wow. So you're abdicating. Your life, in essence, to people who have a lot of opinions, but I think you should feed your kids. I don't think this is the right path for you. How many kids are raised in that kind of scenario? We were talking about that earlier before we started here. How many kids are raised? Hey, you should go do this job because it's a good, safe job. You should go do this because this. How often does that happen right now? Getting coddled? Oh, it's okay. You got a little boo boo. Oh, you fell. Okay, let me go buy you an ice cream cone, or. You know, you oh, yay, you came in eighth place. Great job. Here's your participation. Fuck that. You came in eighth place. I'm sorry. I'm going to get shit for this. I'm sorry. It's If you come in second, you are the first fucking loser. Mm-hmm. Own up to it. Get back practicing so you can become number one. Because that's how I, that's how I was the raised. Intensity. That's now how you're getting the intensity of the coach right here. Exactly. I mean, that's yes, how I was raised. Yes, yes, yes. You are the you first loser at number two. And the scenery is all the same. It is. And guess what? Congrats for being number two. You almost did it. But almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And nobody gives a shit. And no one gives a shit. So that's when you go back to the drawing board. You practice harder. You work harder. So you become that number one. Yeah, I love it. Where did that disappear? I think we've got to change the mentality and a mindset. Why Why did it disappear? Well, nuclear family. I mean... You and I, I mean, we're big family guys, and you start taking dad. well, you don't get political, but if you take dads and moms and you you screw that up and you take the dads out of the home, you know, that accountability a lot of time. I'll tell you what, my father made me accountable. I wasn't an option. If I didn't get something done, I was accountable to him, and it got done. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an option. You know, these kids today, you see them, and they're just talking their parents out of discipline and out of, I mean, they're, they're just running their mouth. And, yep. hey, I love my kids. I don't hit and spank my kids. I mean, my kids will tell you that. But I'll tell you what, when Dad said enough's enough, I damn well meant enough is enough. Exactly. You know, you're going to get taken out of the store. You're going to get put in a seat. You're not going to talk going home. And in time, I'm going to break the habit of you screaming and crying in here. But now these kids, you sit them there talking to their parents, and they're controlling the whole show. Oh, I, I hear it left and right nowadays. Yeah. And it's like, man, when are you going to just own up and parent your kid? Well, I, so and, and don't we, get and don't get me wrong, I've caught myself doing that to my kids. Yeah, and that's coddling one of the things them. I coddling, I coddling them, them. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, I yeah. get reminded by Keisha all the time, dude, stop coddling them, stop coddling your your eight year old. I do it, and I've I've caught myself, and it's like, damn. Did your dad ever coddle you? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a different generation. Totally and different. We wonder generation. why we have issues, right? See, my dad instilled in me take the initiative. I heard that so much because, I mean, human nature, we're lazy. Yeah. And I'm a man. That's a double whammy. I'm like, shit. That's what Keisha says all the time. Yeah. 
No, seriously though. Oh, if oh, I had the chance to just go sit on my ass ass and just sit there, I'd just sit there. Bullshit. But I don't. I get you. You're making a point, but I just don't see that in you. But go ahead. I don't anymore. I, I it bug, bugs the hell out of me now. But that's how I used to be. I really did. My dad's instilled on me, Alex. If you see something, if you see a piece of trash, take the fucking initiative and pick it up. That's what he instilled in me. I heard that from. I remember four up until last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take the initiative. There's another thing. He never stops fathering you, does he? No. Those fathers. My father never stops fathering me. He's 87 years yeah. old, and he'll still give me my shit. And the he doesn't thing, feel right about something I'm doing. He's going to tell me. And the thing is, is I still respect that enough where if I need advice, I'll call my father. Yeah, that's powerful. I would tell you a story about my dad one day. He was out on a farm, and uh, he said to me, uh, I'd like you to go clean the window in the shed, uh, the, the door, the windows on the door in the shed. And I said, you know, as a kid, I'm just taking instruction. It's in the morning, and I'm trying to remember all the shit he's given to me because there's like 37 things, and they all better get done. No, yeah. it's probably five. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he said, I want you to do that. So I went out, and I did a good job. I did. And, and he asked me about it, and I said, yeah, I got that done. And he said, uh, did you do the other windows? And I said, no, because you only told me to do the, the door, the windows on the door. And he said, but there were other windows that needed to be cleaned. Did you not see that? No. And he said, that's something we have to change. Take the initiative. You have to think through and say, I'm cleaning them. All the cleaning stuff's out here. You're already moving the momentum forward. And look around. There was four more windows that you could have cleaned in there. Yeah. My father was a consummate teacher. So guess what he made me do? Clean them all. Yeah, he made me go clean them all. But I said, Dad, that's not what you told me to do. You told me to clean the windows on the door. I did that. It doesn't matter, Luther. It doesn't matter. Because when you're asked to do something, the opportunity isn't in just what you're asked to do. The opportunity is what you see around you that needs to be done in addition. And, and that's what your dad's saying. That, that trash, you got that trash picked up, but there were other things. And you, you, you're, not, you're not looking. Don't get so fixated on the ultimate, that one result, that you don't look around on other things you have. I love that. And that's a great. That's exactly what my dad told me. But the, these men, and they mean the responsibility with with our youth. We're kind of getting into that, but you know, full circle here. All those things laid a foundation for you. That through even your opposition, through some of your challenges, your lazy ass ways, you said, you, it stuck with you. Absolutely. And you come out of it. You come out of it. I, I say to you know, I say to people, my, you know, people take their journey. They're all going to come out of it one way or the other, right? In a bad result or good, you're going to come out of it. Yep. How you come out of it is a choice in many, many ways. It's all a choice. Yeah. It's all a choice. It, it's 100% a choice. Mm -hmm. And I th we all have one thing in common, or two. Every human being has two things in common. We breathe the same air, and we're going to die someday. I'm not dying. I am. I'm not dying. I am. I don't ever want to leave. I love uh, my life. I'm kidding you. Y'all will. You're <laughs> you absolutely right. Absolutely. Hell yeah. And, and I look at that like, okay. Shedana, we're not guaranteed a breath in two minutes. One second. Exactly. We could just. See, and that's what I was getting at is, is our journey is what we make of it in this life. We can just live life what it gives us, or we can understand that it's, it's what's the saying? Um, life isn't happening for to us. It's happening for us. I like that. And oh, I like that a lot. That's that's powerful. Life is happening for us. I mean, the great Ed Milet says that. Tony Robbins. I mean, you name them. 
they all say that. Andy Fursell, they all say it. And it's so true because life is happening for us every single day through the choices that we make and the decisions that we create every single day. We have a choice because our journey, just like we said, could end tomorrow. Absolutely. You know something, uh, Zig Ziglar, we're going to go back before Tony and those guys, but Zig Ziglar made this comment. He said, whatever we seek out there, it's seeking us. And it's seeking us. So we put in the intensity, and you're going to get the benefit. Um, At the end of the day, when we we look at kind of just kind of wrapping things up, because obviously – uh, you know, we can't be on here forever. Which Why not? Is I'm, I'm, having, sure fun, I'm having a fun time. What it is, it's kind of cathartic in a way, isn't it? It is. It allows you to just clear the emotion and be honest and raw. And I think that's one thing about our relationship that I've enjoyed the most. I mean, you and I can sit down and you call me on my shit. You can be raw and real with me and I can call it be raw and real with you. There was a period of time that I was very raw with you. And, uh, um, nothing negative. It was just a time in your life where it was impactful. You were you were you were on that precipice of making choices, uh, and I could see in you. Well, first of all, you remind me so much of my oldest son. My oldest son Cole is an amazing kid, and uh, he's a man. I say kid, still kick his ass, but he's still you know he's still he's a young man and thirty five years old. You remind me a lot of him, but um, you just had you having you some gifts, bro. You just. And at that time, you were wrestling to just get that shit out. Well, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted in life. I didn't know. I had felt in in 2020, 2019, when we first met, I started having that idea of, like, I really like coaching. That's really when that true, like, man, I like this. I like impacting people. I like, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I, I didn't understand it. And through events, Luther, I don't think you realize how much you've impacted my life. It was because of that one conversation in our, when I was sitting in my truck at one of the lowest points going, what the hell am I going to do? And you calling me out, basically calling my shit out going, and I remember you said it just like, that. I don't know if you remember you saying this. But Alex, you don't realize it right now, but you just got the best promotion of your life. You don't realize it. And you won't today, but you did. Thank you. You go out and I want to help you go out and help. I want to help you like you helped me. That impacted my life so much that all fear went away that I can actually be successful again. That was powerful. All fear. I had no fear that I could actually go and accomplish what I did. And since 2020, my life has changed because of that one conversation. I've watched that change. Thank you. I mean, if that precipitated it, but watching you come into yourself, um, probably one of the most uh, powerful humanistic experiences I've had with a friend because, um, you know, some people will come into it and they'll half-ass it, right? You're like, I'm burning burning the house and moving the walls, man. I'm, I'm going to get this done. And that's powerful to see that. For everybody me, around you, everybody around you that knows you, uh, you, 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 you broker one of the biggest brokerages in town. Very yep. successful. You've got some of the top agents. You coach a lot of the people that are in this business and outside the business. Um, but in 2019, did you ever think that this is where you would be? Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I thought that... 
I didn't know what I thought then. I was you don't still, know what you don't know. I, I didn't. I, I didn't. I, I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, I always back then. I always had had a plan B, and I would always say, tell myself, "Well, you could just fall back on this if this didn't work. You can fall back on that." It wasn't until that conversation I had with you that I burnt the bridges. I went to that island for war. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I burnt my bridge so I couldn't return. Uh-huh. I couldn't flee. Uh-huh. And I'm fighting every single day that war on that island to conquer that island. Nice. That's where I'm at today. Have I made it? No. I'm actually still at the mountain right at the base. I've gone through a couple fleets, but I'm still at the base. I haven't reached the top yet. And that's one thing I love about the journey that I'm on right now is I don't think I'll ever reach the top. And I'm okay with that because there's no such thing as a true destination in life. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. That's one thing that I've learned is I'm going to be a 95-year-old man if I have the opportunity to, and I'm still going to be growing. When you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you rot. Exactly. Oh, I like that one. When you're green, you're growing. You're ripe, you rot. And that's true. Oh, man, I love that. And when you turn that to ripen, it goes fast, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're green, you're growing, you're ripe, you're rot. So and that, you got to be going. And wrapping it all around through to coaching, that's one thing, another another thing that I love about what I do and, and really transitioning into the coaching realm of life is I'm able to take those select few people on my journey with me up that mountain because I'm a true believer wow. that proximity is power. Who I surround myself with, surrounding myself with the Luther, surrounding myself with the George Morris, and 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 all these people that I have had the opportunity to meet and to grow with, and even the coaching clients that I have, and the coaching the people, the opportunity that I have to coach some of these amazing people, I'm taking them on this journey with me up my own mountain. I love it, and that for me is fulfillment. I, I love it. The day that you you start. You, you start living a life of growth and contribution is the day that you'll never work a life again. And that's where I feel like I'm going and I'm towards and I'm almost, I wouldn't say that I'm actually there. You know, I'm going to interject something. Um, since I've known you, um, I, I fell in love with Keisha right away. Uh, cause she's tougher than hell. Mm-hmm. And you know, I could see something that she wanted in you. Maybe you couldn't see in yourself. And that is she wanted a partner she could yoke with. Yes. Right, not a partner pulling away, not a pot, partner that's indecisive. Because Keisha, she'll just kick your ass. You know what I mean? I, I mean, she's an incredible lady. Yep. I've watched that unwavering commitment she's made to you, and it, you, you couldn't see in yourself. I couldn't. No, you couldn't. And when I when I met her, met you, I, I would see in her the, the the hope what she saw in you, and I could see it. But you know, you were struggling f- to figure that out. You know, she's had to probably had the biggest influence in your life, I would think. You're going to get me emotional, man. Yeah, that's good. Um, that woman changed my life. Yeah. That woman saw something in me in the lowest parts of my life that I didn't see in myself. Mm-hmm. I was a drunk. I wasn't working. I was back in 2000, late 2017 when we started hanging out and getting you know, dating and stuff. It, she did. I, and to this day, I still don't know what she sees in me. She is my biggest advocate, my biggest support, my biggest. <sighs> I love her. I remember, and, you, you, you know, you're easy to be around, but I remember one day 
Um, and I didn't set you up, but I do remember. You may not remember this. You guys invited me over. And I sat down at your table. Do you remember that? I do. That was probably at one of the toughest times of your life. It was. You had a lot going on professionally. Um, you had a lot going on personally. You, 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 there was struggle in that relationship. And I could see it. And, I, and, and, and my intention that day was just to approach you with some ideas, some business ideas. And watching her and watching you, you need her because she was an anchor for you. But that anchor, you know, you were getting heavy. Mm-hmm. You were getting heavy. Yes. And you could feel that. And she was, she was a little bit frustrated in that heaviness. Yes. Um, she supported me. What role did she play in you now running the biggest brokerage in St. George, Utah, coaching? You've got how many kids together? Five? We have six kids. Six four kids from my previous marriage, and then she has two. Yeah, amazing, right? Yeah. And I'm seeing boating events and other stuff. Bro, you were not doing that shit when I met you. No. You know, you didn't have a boat. You didn't have a plan. You didn't. So, and here she's sitting there waiting for you. And she's like, bro, I'll take you to the promised land, Alex. All you got to do is sit in yourself, right? Oh, and I frustrated the hell out of her to this day, I do. I mean, like I said in the very first, I'm a man. Right. I, I fuck up so much. I mean, and I acknowledge that. And do I get better? Absolutely. I get better every single day in our relationship. The, there's a couple of things that Keisha's taught me in my life. Is number one, it's okay to have independence in a relationship. That whole notion that you need to become one, to me, is bullshit. You don't need to become one. You need to live parallel in unison, but parallel individuals together. She's taught me that. She's taught me to, I don't need her. I want her. Big difference. I don't need her yeah. because she's truly taught me what unconditional love really means mm-hmm. and is because she showed that to me. She shows it through how she serves and how she is just there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does she get frustrated with me? Yes. Do we get in arguments? Yes. But she's still there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that right there is she forgives like no other. Yeah. Very, very good heart. Doesn't she's she? got, and she doesn't say she does, but she does. She puts on the face, and she might get mad at me for saying this on this. Maybe don't post this, but she she is very closed, but yet the most open at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, you know, closed is it comes from pain, mm-hmm. and she's had uh, she's had a she has, life, but know? yet, but she yet she's the most open to me in the in the sense of showing that unconditional love that I've ever seen before in my life. And I expressed that to her, and she doesn't understand it. I saw it. She doesn't understand that what she does. But I saw at that table that day, her desire for you was bigger than your desire for yourself. Exactly. And it, it's even to this day, mm-hmm. even with what we've been able to create so far in two and a half short years, the life that we've been able to create. I mean, wow. you, you, talk about wow. our, you talk about our little boat. Right. So right after my divorce, um, my previous wife, I needed something to do. I wasn't making any money, so I actually went and started selling boats. You know, a good friend of mine owns owns a boat shop here in town. He's like, come sell. It was fun. I mean, I was on the lake. It was fun. I was going through some shit. I needed to prove to myself that I could actually work. And so it was a good time in my life. But I fell in love with boating. And I knew Keisha grew up on a boat. She always wanted a boat. And I remember... We were able to demo boats and stuff like that, and we were on a boat, and she was just having the time of her life. I could tell it, and I just, I'm going to buy you a boat someday. And she looked at me, and this is, 
Luther. <laughs> I, I yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> heavily in debt, not paying child support. Oh shit! Basically, living with her. Right, right, right. She was supporting me. Yeah, that's, and I'm that, that's and I'm looking at her. Yeah, I'm looking at her, going, "I'm going to buy you this boat someday," and it's a hundred fifty thousand dollar boat. <laughs> and she's like, "You look at me, okay, whatever." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But this is the power of thought. This is the power. That was of, the beginning, wasn't it? This was the power of vision. This was mm-hmm. the power of I need to provide for this woman somehow, some way, and I went full force obsessed in buying a freaking boat. Of all the things, it was a boat. I came obsessed. Whereas every time I we'd go on friends, I would close my eyes and I would envision myself that this is our boat. I would the the power of visual visualization. Every time I saw a boat driving down the road getting pulled by a truck, oh there's my unit right there. That's mine. And it got to the point where I was obsessed. And last year a year and a half ago, I was able to buy her that boat. And not only just buy her a boat, bought her a damn good boat. Yeah. That it's not about the boat, it's about the experiences with the kids and everything like that. And I look back going, wow, that's crazy. The power now. The power that, now. In that moment, you said, I'm done. No yeah. more small thinking. I'm in your boat and I'm going to start living. And I'm going to start and living. I remember you told me that. Maybe you, kept, you know, we were together and you said, listen, I made a commitment to do this. I'm kind of thinking like Keisha. I'm like, Oh shit, that's a long ways from here to there, but he can do it. He can do it. And now you've done it. It was and, and, and it was about that time that you came to this brokerage. Yes. And so one, the fact that they wanted you here validated you. Yep. You needed that. You needed that badly. That that happened people, that actually happened pretty quick after I got let go over there. I started getting I mean, you knew. I started yeah. getting phone calls from brokerages left and right. I got offered Sign-on bonuses and exactly. a whole bunch of stuff. But, th- but think of where you were, the power of that decision on the boat. You're going to get it. You needed work. You needed income. Casey's like, oh, shit, here we go, man. You better just get a damn job, right? Yeah. And not only did you do, do that, but it whatever good out there we seek, it's seeking us. All of it started falling into place for you. What was the coolest thing is being your friend in Washington. It was fun. And now I, I come in here and I see you today and I'm like, damn. The power of this. And I, and I hope anybody who's listening to this can feel that you could be at the lowest point in your life. And I, I don't know if I saw you at the lowest, but you were pretty damn a, close. You were in a tough spot. And I, you battled. I did. I did. And it's something that I, I look back on my whole life and everything. Like, and that's another thing, too, is, is I've had people reach out and, and say, who are you? Like that imposter syndrome. There are those select few like, man, you don't have what it takes to be a coach. Like, what experiences do you have? You haven't made a million dollars yet and stuff like that. And they're equating experiences and coaching and all this to making a million dollars and everything like that. And I'll, I'll tell this right now, and you can post this. I will be a fucking millionaire sooner than later. It will happen. And I'm on that path. And it's not about the money. It's not about being a millionaire. It's about who I need to become because – I look back even buying this boat, the naysayers, when I bought the boat, the people coming out like, Alex, what the hell are you doing? You can't afford that. Why, why, why are you buying that? The Alex I knew two years ago couldn't have bought that. And me getting pissed off and thinking about that going, you know what? Calling those people back going, you know what? You're absolutely right. The Alex two years ago couldn't buy that boat. That's why I'm so grateful that I'm the Alex today. Yeah. That's why, because it's not about the goal. It's not about achieving that goal. It's about who I need to become to achieve it. 
You know, there's a lot that's, that's powerful that you say that because you haven't sacrificed the family and everything that's important to you to achieve it. You kept that all together while you achieved it. Yeah. And that that's purpose, right? I mean, you know, I, I will tell you right now, for 20 years of my marriage, I was so out of balance. You know, there's I no such thing I, as balance. I, I mean, I traveled all over the world. I had 3 million miles. I Private equity, venture world. It was crazy, crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy. And um, sometimes you have to get out of balance to find it, is what Covey said. But um, at the end of the day, uh, it's keeping all that together and not chasing the money at the expense of other things. So you will be a millionaire. You'll be a multimillionaire. There's just no doubt in my mind. But you're going about it the right way because you're not going to lose your family because you're chasing that dream. You're going to bring the family with you, and they're going to help you create it. See, and that's the thing either is, like, I don't feel like I'm chasing it. That is one of the it's things coming to you. when, when you, when you had that, when you had that talk with me back in 2020, I wrote down three things in my journal that stuck with me and that I'll always live by. Number one, fuck it. Fuck life. Fuck, fuck people around me that think they're going to decide me and, and they're going to provide a living for me. I'm going to go do this myself for my family. That was number one. I'm never going to work for somebody again. I don't rely on the income that I make at this brokerage because I focus on, making a living for my family. I don't buy that boat from being a salaried broker. I buy it from kicking ass selling real estate and coaching. That's what I that's where I get that. Number two, I said stop chasing money and start working for it. Start trusting the process. And when you truly trust the process of your career and what you're doing and impacting people, impact equals income. The more impact you make, the more income you create. You create the income you make. So we get this yeah. whole notion. Yeah. I mean, look at society right now. They trade time for money. And they think that's the only way you're going to be able to make money is I have to trade my time. But when you start trading your value for money, time becomes free. And people begin to value you. Yeah. So work, I'm willing work, to pay you. Work, work, work off of your value. Yeah. And then the freedom becomes from that time. So that was the second thing I wrote down. Stop chasing. Stop chasing money. And the third thing is stop chasing life and start living it. Yeah. Because up to that point, I was always chasing life. I was thinking, what if? Yeah. The And it's okay to have those what if scenarios, but it was like, I should have done this. What if I would have done it this way? What if I would have done it that way? I was I was reverting back to the past thinking, man, my life would be so different if I would have just made this decision. And that day, I told myself, stop, present. And that's something that I struggle with even to this day. And something that I work on every single day is live in the present. Mm-hmm. Keisha reminds me, and that's why she's one of the other biggest reports or, or supports for me is she reminds huge, me. Huge. She reminds me of, hey, Alex, you're off track. You need to come over here. Hey, Alex, stop. Here. And we all need that. In some regards, very she few people is, can manage it all on their own. And a lot of times, she doesn't know she's doing it. Right. That's why I've anchored to her so much. And it's like I said, it's not about making the million dollars. Because I look at my life now and where, I've, where I'm at and how much I love my life. Yeah. I fucking love my life and where I am and who I am. I love it. And if I love it and I'm making a half million, man, who am I going to be at a million? 
I'm more ex- I'm I'm more excited about the person I have to become than what that money is going to provide. Yeah, I love the approach, Alex. And you know, I tell you something. I see it in your eyes: the light, the passion. That's purpose. There. That's right. You've turned it on. The lights just turned on in you, and um, it's probably one of the more powerful humanistic experiences I've seen. Because you, again, you do remind me so much of my oldest son that living that through you and seeing it and helping you know contribute here and there, it's a powerful thing. Um, you've got you've got a great destiny, and you you, you now believe that. I do. You know you're going to impact a lot of people, and that's a gift. I mean, that's 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 the grace of God. He gives us the abilities to do things beyond our capacity, and he sits back and watches us, and sometimes we piss it down our leg, and other times we, but uh, at the end, I mean, he's definitely got something big for you, and it's already happening. I'm seeing it unfold for you, and it's amazing. I mean, one of the greatest quotes that I've, that I've heard, I don't know who said it, I don't know where it comes from, but is on that shit to say it was i'm Alex. gonna do it it's me it's me honestly i've changed it so much it is me but i truly believe this the greatest gift that we've been given in this life is our potential wow what we yeah very what good. we do right, with right, that right. potential is the greatest gift that we can give back hmm. what we do with our potential is the greatest gift we can back i've i learned that actually back in like 2013 14 and i never implied it applied it to my life wow. until today whereas that's a good. What if I take my potential, and it doesn't have to be a lot, like we were talking about before. What if I just take it one percent? Yeah. What if we go out there, and whoever's listening to this just takes their, you know what? I've struggled in this area of my life. What if you just take it one percent? Thirty days from now, what is your life going to look like? Yeah. Sixty days, ninety days, a year. For me. That what if was that conversation, being in debt, not having a job, living at my girlfriend's house, literally not owning anything, going, shit, what if I just, what if, what if I just hired a coach? That was what I did. Yeah, you did, didn't you? You did hire a coach. What if, what if I just hire a coach and I double down on this real estate thing? What if I burnt my bridge? What is my life going to look like? And I look back on that decision that I made was it a hard decision? Yes. Was it uncomfortable? Hell yes. Very courageous. It was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard as hell, and I felt alone at first. Then I surrounded myself with people like you. I had the support of Keisha. I had my kids. And I. what's most important, though, is I had myself. I had me believing. You never, you never gave up on yourself. I had me believing in me for the yeah. first time yeah. in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That right there push me to a life where shit man we just we just bought our first house together in january we closed on it congratulations we bought our house i haven't owned a home since 2005 me personally congratulations and not only that i mean i hope people out there that are going to listen to this that are going to be coached by you feel the, your vulnerability your you know your 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 goodness i mean you're being very raw and honest and that's one thing about you, Alex, that's good, too. You don't live in self-deception. No. Um, because you're willing to take the counsel. You know, if somebody kicks you in the balls, you're going to listen. And you, you've, you've done some amazing things. I mean, sincerely. And, and I hope those people who may engage in a coaching relationship, and you can use this in your recruitment process, uh, realize that they're getting a coach who's not just preaching shit at them, but this is a coach who's lived what you're teaching. 
and you want for them what you've created for yourself, and that's genuine. I appreciate and that. And that'll come out. I mean, I think people love rawness. They love the. I mean, we're hearing enough bullshit in this world anyway. I mean, you don't know what. You know, you look at the media shit, you don't know what's fabricated and fabricated. The only thing that's real, frankly, are these relationships that we have, what's going on right here, right now. Yeah. And um, you made a, you're making a big difference. So where do you go from here? Upward and onward, man. I'm, I'm on my climb. I'm on my mountain right now. I'm at the base of it, just getting ready to go up, starting to go up a little bit more every single day. Um, for me, it's impact. It really, it really is. That's why I started this podcast. That's why I've started putting myself out there more on social media and everything. Cause I truly want to impact other people just like the Luthers have impacted me. I want to collaborate. I want to speak at a higher level. I want to go, I've got in my, in my goals, I've got a goal to speak to 10,000 people on a stage it scares the shit out of me because I am not a public speaker, but I'm going to do it. Oh, you will. And I'll be there and people will love it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do it. And my wife is going to be on my side and my kids are going to be there. I'll and, be there, man. I'll be and my close you. Exactly. you have to have a little Ola, opposition. Only if you take that bra off and yeah. flick it at me. Oh, easy, easy, easy. This is child friendly. <laughs> no, it's not. No, what you're talking about is the, 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 this few of the concerts we've been to. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, it's, oh. it's basically, I've got a vision for my life. Yeah. And I, and it's clearly. And the, thi- and the thing is, is that vision, one thing I love about it, it's a living document. It's constantly changing. It's because I, I, I focus on it on a daily basis. I meditate on it on a daily basis. And that's one thing I tell people that I coach is if you're not reviewing your goals and your dreams and your vision on a daily basis, you will not get there, period. You might get some of them here and there, but you will not get there because it's a living document. You change. That means goals change. If you continue to grow like we're meant to in this world, your goals and your vision will change. But if you're not reviewing them on a daily basis, how do you know? Yeah. How do you know? Yeah. Grow with your goals. Grow. Mm-hmm. Progress. So and that's my, really the purpose of life, isn't it? At the end of the is. day, is to just be better today. Than I was yesterday. And it's just, just like you said, one penny. Who was it, uh, Warren Buffett, who said, you know, the compounding interest is the yeah. most powerful tool. You're talking about compounding your life. Your life, one percent a day or one percent a week. Even that's you know, fifty-two percent in a year. Yeah, that's all it is. That's significant, right? It's it's huge. That's one one percent a week. Just it's huge. Picking something to improve. That is huge. That is huge. Anybody, I don't know anybody who wouldn't take a 52% return on investment. Especially on yourself. Yeah. Especially Biggest investment you can make. Especially on yourself. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, even if you didn't show up every single day and you got half of that, it's still a 25% return. Still a pretty damn good return. Mm-hmm. You're still better than what you were before. Yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, but 25%. But and the, again, that's big. But the thing is, without accountability without coaching and that's what coaching does and that's one thing the impact that I've had on me personally on with a coach in my life it's impacted me so much it's helped propel that to a faster level in two short years I've gone from nothing to significant to fucking amazing here in the next few years you get what I'm saying? Uh, yes, I do. I'm and, excited to watch because it is going to be. And what you've done in two years. If you if you in five years, 
Shit, man. Who knows? I plan on do. being financially financially secure in five years, yeah. where I don't have to do. That is my ultimate goal. Like I will express it to this day. I want passive income coming in. Well, residual income. There's no such thing as true passive income. You always have to work for what you do, yeah. whether it's reviewing shit and you own rentals. You still have to work on those rentals. You still have to maintain and keep them up. I want residual income coming in through books writing. I'm going to write a book. I, there's a lot of things in my portfolio that there's a lot of vision that I have. And I'm to the point now where it's kind of, I brought in it a little too much. I need to narrow it down to yeah. one or two things and work on those and grow. But I'm excited to be there. I'm excited to have so many first world problems in my life. Cause that's what I truly have. I mean, Luther, think about it. We drove here and Freaking Ford trucks, beautiful trucks on paved roads, stopped and got us caffeine at the at the store beforehand, took a hot shower, woke up in a wonderful bed. How can you not just we've got a lot of first world problems and there's so much bitching and moaning going on in this world that if they would just step back and just think about just how grateful. Dude, did you wake up this morning alive? That's the greatest blessing right there that we could be given. I did, didn't die during my sleep. I'm not in another realm. I'm right here, right now. Did you, do you, I mean, seriously, we, we overcomplicate the little things in life. Right. And we over, we, we overlook them. I mean, you look at all those little conveniences that you have in life. And uh, that's another thing that like back when it, so for those that are going through, and this is something that I did when I had nothing, I step, I step back. And I go, but you have everything. Yeah. yeah. You you still took a shower this morning. You still ate breakfast. You still had a hot coffee. You still have parents who love you and kids that love you. You still have your life. You were able to wake up next to a woman that you love, and she loves you in return. Guess oh, what? That's big. It's called gratitude. Mm-hmm. And it's called living the law of gratitude, practicing the law of gratitude, being grateful and you can be grateful, but when you actually practice the law of gratitude, you're putting it into practice. That's yeah. a verb. Be is not a, it's, it's right, just, right, you're just right. be. Yeah. So when you truly start living and practicing the law of gratitude, yeah. your life will change exponentially. That's powerful. And that right there is what most people don't do. You know, we've 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 got it covered a lot today. You know, we did. <laughs> just to just to create a synopsis, maybe a synopsis. Um, you know, what I take from this, maybe more than anything, is that, you know, I hope that anybody that's listening to this, there's enough here, that it resonates with them, mm-hmm. that they can see something in themselves that is consistent with some of the things that we're saying. Yeah. And then they can build a plan or, you know, at least mentally think about it until they can formulate the plan and do something about it. But one of the things I've loved about podcasts is that uh, just the the nuggets that potentially you get. And I think there's been a lot of nuggets today. One is, you know, believe in yourself, overcoming, um, great support around you, um, you know, constantly striving, burning the ships. I mean, we've gone through a lot of stuff today. We have. But I know that if somebody listens to this, there'll be some value here for sure. And uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how do they find you? Um, off my Instagram, DM me. It's C underscore Alex Cornwall. Uh, that's a good place. Um, 
and you can just email me ac at alexcornwall.com so how about you i mean really think about i mean we've talked a lot about me and stuff but you're a coach as well yeah i'll come back back again and we'll maybe we can get into some let's let's do uh, it because um, that's i mean i know we need to wrap up we've been going a long time but yeah, you know something. I'm I'm a I'm 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 ahead of where you are, probably a lot because of my age. But um, I've written the ebooks. I've you know I've done some of those things, and those really are manifestations of intent that you're you're getting out there. And I've had a lot of people read my ebook. Uh, it's designed specifically for entrepreneurs and business. But I'll tell you why I wrote that. Um, I wrote it as a journal for my children. So I wanted my grandchildren to be able to look back and say, how does grandpa think about certain things, you know? And so um, anyway, you know, we, we've, we've got some time. We'll do this. I'd love to get back together. I don't, I struggle talking about myself kind of like you do. So you'll have to oh, we'll make, me, but we're going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, my, my uh, Luther G Perkins um, dot com is my website. Uh, and that's good. There's that book is there. You can download it for free. Um, and I've had great, Great input. I mean, I wrote the book, yeah. And then I had a good friend of mine who was a life coach of mine look at it, and he's like, "Oh, that's so esoteric. That's just bullshit. You're just throwing shit out there, and you're just making it sound good because your business experience, yeah. But it doesn't have you in there. Who are you? What I mean? And so I went back and rewrote the whole thing, and I disclosed a shitload, and it was therapeutic in a way, but very, very it scared me because yeah. you know, I'm putting myself out there, you know, whatever. Um, but when you get to that point, like you've said, where you just don't give a shit what people think, and you're doing it because it's the right thing, who cares? Exactly. And the response has been very, very positive. So, yeah, at some point, I'd love to come back. Um, and, you know, I, I'm i just great. I'm grateful for our friendship and that you'd invite me here to your podcast. Um, see what you're doing. This big brokerage. You the man. You and Keisha. You know, fucking amazing. Thanks, you, amazing. Hey. You're a big impact in that. Well, thank you. So, and I hope people who realize, you know, when they listen to us, you're not going to get fluff. I mean, shit, we, we talk the way we talk. We are who we are. And we're very happy and comfortable. And, exactly. Uh, we hope that people, you know, I'm sure with your coaching that they can understand that that intensity is wrong real. But I, I would say this, maybe in closing, um, I think one of the greatest attributes that you have is that you love. Thanks. You love deeply. I know you love me. And for men, that's not easy to say. It isn't. But um, I know you love me because you have a, a capacity to love. So the people you're coaching is going to feel that. I know Keisha's is feeling the kids and the community. I mean, your agents here, the guys that own the brokerage, you're just a good man. You know, and I appreciate and love you. Thank you. Yeah. Luther, and that goes both ways, honestly. You should be able to say that as men, too. You Absolutely. Know? You know, a lot of people won't, but... You know, the people I do business with, I, 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 I do love them, and I tell them. But you've got that as a gift. So well, thank you. Thanks for having me today. Thanks, Luther. Thank, thank you for coming. Man. Thank you for having me yeah. here as well because yeah. it's a collaboration. Yeah, you and put thanks all this for, shit together. It's pretty nice in here, dude. you got to go in. It's fun. I'm having yeah. fun. So yeah. I appreciate everything. Right and, and I'm going to have you on again. Okay, yeah. see you, all man. Right, Talk to you later. You don't want facts. You don't want to hear another side. Rather sit back and be mad. You don't want to humanize anybody with a different view. Let it be a given any kind of past. You don't want this. You don't want that. You don't want to be cool. Try to bridge gaps. Life is a whole lot better when you don't got a face so self. You can blame it on white. You can blame it on black. Blame it on rich. You can blame it on fat. You can blame it on anybody but yourself.